Happy Monday, friends, and also happy October. I feel like this year is flying by. Crazy to think that this is the first podcast episode in the month of October. So wild. Um, And we have a really fun episode to kick off this month with. We're talking about something just a little bit different today. You know, the, the, the podcast is called Bibles, Babies, and Business. So we talk a lot about the Lord and faith. We talk a lot about... Um, how that interacts with our motherhood and um, being business owners and the fact that a lot of us are starting these businesses so that we can be stay-at-home moms. And of course, we have a ton of business strategy to help you build up your online coaching business, to get more clients, to make more sales. But today, we're going to throw like a little uh, a little new spin on it today. Today, we're going to be talking about how to keep the spark with your husband even when you are busy running your coaching business. I have five pieces of marriage advice that we are gonna walk through today in this episode. First, I do wanna have just a little disclaimer. Um, This episode is is not going to be dirty (laughs) in any sense. Um, We're gonna keep it very appropriate. However, um, this may not be the episode to listen to in the car with your kiddos. So if your little ones are within earshot, maybe go ahead and just choose another episode and have this episode, uh, be the one that you have in your earbuds, maybe when you are at the gym or on a walk. Okay. So just want to put that little disclaimer out there. We're not going to say anything dirty, not going to say anything icky, but we are going to be talking about marriage and, and, um, some things that come along with that. So With that being said, I'm so excited to talk to you today um, and bring these five pieces of marriage advice that I have uh, to help you keep the spark with your husband because your marriage is your first ministry. So I'm so excited for this episode. Let's do it. Hey mama, welcome to Bibles, Babies, and Business. Are you ready to start an online biz, quit your nine to five, and stay home with your kids? Are you up late at night Googling online business ideas, how to market myself, and how to get my first paying client? Do you have lots of ideas, but feel overwhelmed when trying to figure out which ones to focus on so you can move your business forward? Hey there, I'm Cami. I'm a Christian, a wife, and a soon-to-be mom. A few years ago, I too felt drained by my day job and wished I could find a way to make money online. I wanted time freedom and the financial freedom to be a stay-at-home mom, but imposter syndrome kept creeping in and telling me, you could never make enough money doing that. And what if you do try and you fail? But then I discovered how to build an online coaching business from home. In this podcast, you'll find biblical principles for the Christian entrepreneur, online marketing tips to help you start and build an online coaching business from home and a whole lot of mom life because we're doing it all with a baby on our hip. So grab your Bible, snuggle your baby, and let's build your business because you were made for this. So last week on Instagram, I shared an Instagram story video and it was of me walking with the dogs into Lucas and I's garage and seeing Lucas in the garage working on a little project that he has for our laundry room. And in the video, I zoomed in on Lucas and I zoomed in on his arms and I had um, this like little phrase at the bottom of the Instagram story that said that man and those arms with like some heart eyes. And 
following that little video that I did on Instagram, I, I posted a picture right after that. There's a picture of me and Lucas. I was kissing Lucas on the cheek and I had this little message typed out on the Instagram story. And this is what that message was, which is what sparked the inspiration for this podcast episode. The message said, wives, may we never forget to pursue our husbands, to speak with kindness, to serve with eagerness, to love with selflessness, and to always remember to nurture the marriage we spent our entire childhoods praying for. And I had a little slide bar um, on the Instagram story. I said, amen. And 23 women slid, um, like did the little slide bar on that Instagram story. Uh, So 23 women engaged with that, uh, felt really like they resonated with that. And you know, not surprisingly, um, if you haven't heard this on, on the show before, I've talked about it on the show before, but anytime I show a photo or a video, anything at all of Lucas on my social media, my engagement skyrockets. Now, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, which you should at Cammy.Wilkie, I do a whole bunch of mini trainings on there every single week. I'm there Monday through Friday, pouring value into you guys. Um, but if you have followed me for any amount of time, if you've seen a photo of Lucas, then you know the man is good looking. Okay. Uh, let me just brag on him for a little hot second. Uh, he was, um, homecoming king, you know, your girl here was not homecoming queen. I'll just tell you that much. Um, I was not one of the popular kids at high school. Um, and I remember like growing up, I was dreaming about my husband in my years growing up. I, I would think about, uh, you know, who am I going to marry? I, I would think about that in high school. I think about that in college. And I spent a lot of years of my life thinking that, Either A, what if I never find him? Or B, what if like, what if God has me marry somebody that like is just not cool? And I I giggle at that now because looking back, um, it's so interesting because like how much I didn't know then what God was already preparing in the works for me. Like two hours away from my hometown, the Lord was um, molding and creating and um, pouring over this man that would be my future husband. And had 16-year-old Cammie knew that she would be marrying the homecoming king of Ravana High School in central Nebraska, um, small town central USA, uh, I would have been head over heels. I, I would have, I would have, my mouth would have fell open because I just would have been in shock. Like, oh my gosh, Lord, that's the man that you have hidden away, treasured for me? Like, Oh my goodness. And even like looking back at pictures of Lucas in high school, y'all, he was a heartthrob back then. He's a heartthrob now. And, um, you know, I, I say this because I think, you know, as wives, if you're going to brag about anything, brag about him, brag about your husband, hype him up, tell others about how proud you are of him, of, of how awesome you think he is. And we'll talk about that here in a moment. But I just, I, I think about the fact the Lord reminded me this week that, you know, As little girls, we spent often, many of us spent probably our entire childhoods dreaming about, thinking about, praying about, searching for the man that was going to be our husband. I mean, I don't know about you, but y'all, I went into some bad relationships. I went down the wrong path this way, that way, the other way, just desperately trying to search for the one person who was going to be my soulmate. 
Now, I didn't need to do all those things. I, I thought I could take things into my own hands, you know, LOL. Little did I know that the Lord was just going to plop them in my life. But how easy it is for us to forget that. The Lord really just like convicted me this week as I was posting that that video of Lucas and, and that picture of him. Um, the Lord convicted my heart about, are we really nurturing our marriages with the eagerness, with the passion, with the drive of which we were praying for these husbands years ago? I mean, I spent years praying and thinking about this man. And do I serve him now, today, four and a half years into marriage with that same eagerness? And I often have said in, uh, to people, you know, you know, like the honeymoon stage when you first started dating your now husband, but back then it was your boyfriend. Um, when you first started dating him, like the first month, um, and there was all of this excitement, the butterflies, like we call it the honeymoon phase for a reason. You know, do you remember how much effort was put into that, those, that, those first months, like in how much excitement. And I remember thinking to myself back then, man, I will never, um, get tired of pursuing this man. I, I, I'll never be the wife that would be naggy. I will I'll never be, um, the wife that ever gets, gets tired of him or anything like that. What if we always pursued our husbands the way we did in the very first month of dating? And on that same token, what if our husbands always pursued us the way they did the very first month of dating? And what, what the phrase that I've always said is, if everybody tried as hard as they did during the honeymoon phase of their dating relationship, there would be no divorce. I, I truly believe that. I think a lot of times marriages fail because people give up. There's a lack of effort and, and there's these little bad habits that, that seem um, very unimportant at first that just spiral and snowball. And all of a sudden there's a wedge between you and your spouse. And I just need to humble myself for a moment and be really honest with you guys that when I am working in my business, when I'm in the middle of doing a mini training for you guys on Instagram, when I am in a conversation with somebody in the DMs and, and maybe they're talking with me about becoming a potential client, um, I get tunnel vision. It is very hard for me to just switch off work mode and switch on wife mode. That does not come naturally for me. I'm just very naturally like a, a, an incredibly driven person in my business. I'm very tunnel vision. I'm very focused on checking things off and moving things forward. Uh, and then that's just me. And those are not bad qualities, but when it comes to switching off work mode and switching on wife mode, that is really hard for me. And that is a quality that I need to improve on. So I want to come to you from a place of humility saying to you, friend, I am not this, um, uh, golden standard, if you will, of what a Christian wife is, uh, who is loving her husband and running her successful business. Like I am not the gold standard of that. Um, however, the Lord has convicted my heart and I feel like he's given me this message to pour out to you on this podcast episode to help you keep the spark with your husband, to nurture your marriage while you are still building up this business. And this podcast episode is just as much for you as it is for me. 
one thing that the Lord um, really has spoken over me is that God will never ask you to sacrifice your marriage for the sake of your business. Your marriage is your very first ministry. There is no other relationship in the Bible where the Lord compares him and the church. Like in the Bible, it talks about how God is the groom and the church is the bride. And he is comparing that or creating symbolism for a man and a wife. There's no other type of relationship in the Bible in which God compares him and the church other than a husband and a wife. God will not be impressed with us if we get to heaven with a six-figure coaching business and a marriage that's hanging on by a thread. And this should be good news for us, friends, because this means that all the amazing plans that God has for us in our businesses, for our clients, for our sales and income and all of that, all of the things that he can do abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine, all of those plans will not come at the expense of our marriage or for our children for that matter. The problem is many of us as business owners, as high achieving, as driven women, we can be driven and high achieving to a fault and try to rush God's plans, try to start doing it in our own strength and in our own power. And that's when our marriages become sacrificed for our business. That's where our children um, start to um, get the short end of the stick and our business becomes the priority. So let us remind ourselves that yes, we should steward our businesses. We should work hard and work diligently in our businesses, but not at the sacrifice of our families and certainly not the sacrifice of our marriage. So with that, I want to dive into some practical ways for us as wives, as Christian women and business owners to keep the spark with our husband even when we are busy running our coaching businesses. So I have five pieces of marriage advice that I'm going to dive into. And in case you just missed the little disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast episode, this is probably the point, if your kids are within earshot, probably the point in which you just need to hit the pause button and go ahead and turn on something else. Um, We're not gonna let it be dirty. There's not gonna be any cuss words or anything icky or anything like that, but we are gonna be talking about some things that are, um, probably not like little kid, <laughs> little kid information. Okay. So the first thing, uh, the first practical way that we can be nurturing our marriages is to shut work down before he comes home. Okay. So there, this, there's two parts to this, this, this number one here there, there's part A and part B, uh, that, that one was part A shut, shut work down before he comes home. So, um, for me, like I said earlier, it is incredibly challenging for me. I have to do, it is a lot of effort for me to shut work down in my brain, to stop thinking about work, to stop thinking about growth, stop solving problems in my brain, stop thinking of all the different ways that I can grow my business. It is really hard for me to shut that down and focus solely on Lucas. Okay. That that's really challenging for me. I don't know why it just is. Um, and so one thing that I have Um, been practicing lately, I'm not perfect with it, but I've been practicing with it, is I will start to shut work down before Lucas gets off work. So Lucas usually gets off work somewhere between like 3.45 and 5 o'clock. He goes to work 
real early in the morning, <laughs> real early. Um, so he gets off earlier. Um, and because of that, I know that, hey, I can expect a phone call at about 345 for my husband. Lucas always calls me as soon as he hits the road. And it has been a goal of mine that I would shut work down at about three o'clock and I would begin to shut the light off in my business, if you will, and turn the light on of wife mode. And one of the ways that I will do that, one of the ways that I have found that I can start to transition my mind out of work and into being a wife is by going on a walk. So I will shut work down I will try to shut work down at about three o'clock and I will go on a walk around the neighborhoods. And that is kind of my time to um, unwind and come down off of this problem solving mode and go into wife mode. And if I time it right, then that should be the time in which Lucas is calling me and he's now on his way home from work. So I have about an hour to an hour and 20 minutes from when I shut work down to when Lucas walks through the door. So I'm giving myself, because I know that this is something that I wrestle with, I'm trying to give myself an hour or a little even more out than an hour to transition into wife mode so that I can be present with him once he walks through the door. So that was part A. Let me give you part B of that marriage tip number one. When he does come through the door, I challenge you to walk up to him and greet him with a kiss. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, Cami, if I do that, my husband will think I am crazy. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I still challenge you to do it. How many times does our husbands like walk through the door and we just like call out from another room, hey, hey, how was work? Good, good. How was your day? Sweet. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. It, like, it's very, like, unexciting. It's very monotone. And then we're shocked when we're like, where's the spark in our marriage? If we would put forth some effort, doing little things by like, hey, when he comes through the door, what if we stopped what we were doing, walked up to him, said, hey, babe, threw our arms around him and gave him a kiss? What if that was the very first thing that welcomed him when he walked into his home? How much different would the tone be in our marriages if we put forth effort to do little things like that. So that's, that's my little piece of advice. Number one, shut your work down, shut your business down before your husband comes home. And when he does come home, stop what you're doing. Get up off the couch or from folding laundry or whatever it is that you were doing. Pause, walk up to him and greet him with a kiss. Okay. Number two, friend, I want you to look for opportunities to speak words of affirmation over your husband, both publicly and privately. Look for ways to hype him up. Friend, if you're going to brag about anything to your friends, to your family, to your social media, if you're going to brag about anything, brag about him. I think it is so underestimated how powerful our words are, especially with our husbands. There's only one other person on this planet that you are one with. Okay, women, like wives, mothers, hi, I'm just going to say something real quick here. You are not one with your children. If your children are your number one priority in life, your priorities need to be shifted. Okay, and that's biblical. Don't come at me 
don't come at me. Um, that's biblical. Your children are not your, should not be your number one priority. Are they a priority? Absolutely. And they're probably in the top three. It probably is God, your spouse, then your kids, but your children are not your number one priority. The Bible does not say that a man will leave his father and mother to be joined with his children. He leaves his father and mother to be joined one with his wife. And women, we have to recognize that. And you know how often like you praise your kids? Oh, honey, that's a great job. What a fantastic job getting getting a 93% on your spelling test. That's amazing. How often are we doing that with our husbands? And not just privately behind closed doors. Are we publicly affirming our husbands? Or are we tearing them down? Like when you get together with your family, are you looking for opportunities to build him? or looking for opportunities to poke fun at him. Let me just pause right here. Ladies, the um, the cancer that is happening within our little cliques of husband bashing, okay, that's a cancer. We're, gonna, we're just gonna call that what it is. That's a cancer to your marriage. So when you get with your little girlfriends and y'all are going out, having your coffee, or going shopping, and, and the conversation spirals around to husband bashing and just venting, or um, pouring out all this negativity about your husband or, or complaining about him, that is a cancer to your marriage. There is nothing more cringy than listening to a wife bash her husband behind his back. That has got to stop. And I don't care if you're doing it in a joking matter or if you're doing it in a serious matter. If you need to talk to somebody about your husband, then either talk to him, talk to a therapist, or talk to God or preferably do all three, but your friend group is not a safe place for you to bash your husband. Your mom is not a safe place for you to bash your husband. Proverbs 21, 19. It is better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. Now that is just cut and dry. <laughs> um, why is we have to stop being naggy? We have to stop being quarrelsome. And if you're like, well, what does quarrelsome mean? Because I wasn't sure, so I looked it up. Quarrelsome means that we are looking for opportunities and ways to pick a fight. So for example, one of the things that really annoys me is when Lucas comes home and he leaves his lunch Tupperware in his backpack in a hot car for like hours or days. And then he just leaves it on the countertop and I open up the lid and it is like the worst smell of my life. Um, it, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. But in those moments, instead of nagging him, instead of scolding him like a child, what I could do is just put the dish in the dishwasher, save myself, um, and save him the uncomfortableness of nagging the talking down and just put the dish away. And maybe at a separate time, in a positive way, ask him if he could just rinse the dish out and put it in the dishwasher. Let's not look for opportunities to bring our husbands down. Let's not look for opportunities and let's not look for all the ways that he's falling short. Instead, let's look for all the ways that he's doing something right and verbally affirm them. Another Bible verse that I think is so huge. It's from Song of Songs. It is chapter four, verses 12 and verses 15. It says, you are my private garden, my treasure, my bride, a secluded spring, a hidden fountain. And then jumping down to verse number 15, you are a garden 
fountain, a well of fresh water. And I want to read to you what the study note says about that, because I think it, it, it encompasses it perfectly. Solomon's bride was, a ref- was as refreshing to him as a garden spring. Could your spouse say the same about you? Sometimes the familiarity that comes with marriage causes us to forget the overwhelming feelings of love and bliss we shared at the beginning. Many marriages could use a course in refreshing. Do you refresh your spouse or are you a burden of complaints, sorrows, and problems? Partners in marriage should continually work at refreshing each other by an encouraging word, an unexpected gift, a change of pace, a surprise call or note, or even the withholding of a discussion of some problem until the proper time. Your spouse needs you to be a haven of refreshment because the rest of the world usually isn't. That hit me hard when I read that. Wives, we need to ask ourselves and be continually checking in with ourselves. Are we a refreshing garden, a safe space for our husbands? And if we are not, then let's pray about that. Let's repent from that. And let's start practically and intentionally creating an environment within ourselves that is a safe and secure place for our husbands to come home to. So that was number two. Okay. Um, look for opportunities to speak words of affirmation over him, both publicly and privately. Number three, this is the one, uh, this is, this is why I have the disclaimer in him in here. Okay. This is why this is not probably your, the, the most kid friendly episode. Uh, number three, marriage advice to keep the spark in your marriage, touch him. Uh, it is a very common thing for men to have the love language of physical touch. Okay. Now that's not all men, but almost every man that I know of, their love language is physical touch. That means that they receive love through you touching him. Now, this isn't always intimacy. This isn't always sex in the bedroom, although it can be. We'll talk about that in a moment. This could be just grazing his arm when you walk by him. This could be holding his hand, massaging his shoulders, running your fingers through his hair. I don't know about about your husband, but my husband loves back scratches. He loves when I just like tickle his back. Um, He Every time I do it, every time I like scratch his back, he always makes the same sound. He'll go, like he just like breathes this sigh of relief. I know exactly um, the way that he likes for me to touch him in order to help him decompress. If you want to have the spark come alive in your marriage, touch your husband. Okay. Now that could be in an intimate way and that could be in a, um, just a non-intimate way, like, like holding hands or massaging his shoulders and, um, things like that. That being said though, y'all, we need to be making time for intimacy. We need to be making time for sex in the bedroom or outside of the bedroom, on the couch, in the kitchen, on, <laughs> on the dining room table, like, like get a babysitter. I don't know what, whatever you got to do, put some effort into it. Um, it, it, now this is different for every relationship, every marriage, like not everybody's sex life in their marriage is going to look the same. But one thing that we can be sure of is that sex was created by God to be enjoyed between a husband and a wife. And if sex is not happening in a marriage, that needs to be addressed. There's many reasons why it couldn't be happening. I'm not going to go into that. That's not an area of expertise for me. But if it's not happening, it needs to be addressed. We have to put effort 
into sex. Okay. We're not always going to feel, um, just full of desire. Men, like men and women are very different. I've recently been learning more about women's hormones and we won't go into all of that, but there are certain points in a woman's cycle where she will be more likely to be turned on and other points where it may take more effort. Ladies, we need to be putting more effort into making time for sex with our husbands. There is only one place on this planet where he and you are going to find that sexual satisfaction and it's with each other. And if you two aren't giving it to each other, like there's nowhere else where either of you are going to find that satisfaction. It was something that was created by God to be enjoyed within a marriage. We need to be making effort and time for it. Number four, plan a regular date night. Now, whether this is weekly or bi-weekly or monthly, whatever it is, y'all need to be having a regular date night, like where you get outside of your home and go out and do something. It doesn't always need to be a fancy schmancy $200 date night. It could be you two going on a hike somewhere and packing some sandwiches. It could be you and him going to a movie theater, spending $20 and going to see the latest movie. It could be you guys going out and enjoying um, a dinner. Or maybe y'all go to like a winery and like have some uh, wine tasting. Whatever it is, make a plan to have a date night with him and do it regularly. And number five, actively pray for your husband. This is so key. Um, there's a book by Stormy Martian. I, I maybe didn't say her last name right, but it's called The Praying Wife. And I haven't read the whole thing, but ladies, there is no other person on the planet that should be praying more for your husband than you are praying for his health, his faith, wisdom, his, his praying for his career, whatever it is. If there's anything in, if anybody's going to cover your man in prayer, it needs to be you. Okay. And so often I like catch myself this all the time. I'll ask myself, man, when's the last time I prayed for Lucas? And so this is something that like the Lord's convicting me of. I don't know if he's convicting you of, but man, we need to be actively praying for our husbands, building him up in prayer, going to the secret place in our prayer time with the Lord and talking to God about our husbands and asking the Lord to cover him, to strengthen him, to build him up. Okay, I want to just quickly review the five um, little marriage tips to keep the spark with your husband, even if you're busy running your coaching business. Number one, shut work down before he comes home. And when he does come home, walk up to him and greet him with a kiss. Number two, look for opportunities to speak words of affirmation over him, both publicly and privately. And a little side note to this one, um, do your darndest to withhold all of your complaints, all of your um, nagging ladies, it's better to keep our mouth shut than to word vomit negativity all over him. Because what you could say in 15 seconds could be 15 years worth of hurt for him. I'm so serious. Like, like one little thing that you say could be a source of pain for him for the next 15 years. We have to learn to keep our mouths shut 
when it comes to complaints, when it comes to nagging. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have clear communication. You should absolutely, but let's not let anger spew out of our mouth, especially to our husband. Number three, touch him. It is very likely that your husband's love language is physical touch. Now this could be in the bedroom. This could be outside of the bedroom, holding his hand, running your fingers through his hair, um, rubbing his arm, like massaging his shoulders. Like there's, there's several non-sex ways to touch him. That being said though, we need to be making time for sex regularly, not just once a month when we feel like it. Okay. Make time for, for intimacy and we need to be putting effort into it. Number four, plan a regular date night with him. Doesn't have to always be expensive. Uh, it could be going hiking and packing some sandwiches, but plan a regular date night. And this doesn't mean once a year. This is like at a minimum once a month. Okay. Again, get a babysitter, ask your mom to come hang out with your kiddos. This doesn't have to be expensive. Again, like, like it could be, it could be expensive or it could not be expensive, but you need to date your husband. All right. Uh, number five, actively pray for your man. No other person on the planet should be praying for him more than you are. Cover him in prayer. Go to battle for him in prayer. All right, ladies, I'm going to wrap up today's episode with this. I have a little husband homework for you, okay? Over the next seven days, I want you to challenge yourself to do each of the five things that we talked about in today's episode. Now, it may feel awkward. It may feel unnatural at first because maybe you haven't done these things in a while. We call that effort. It's going to be okay if it's not completely comfortable at first. Let's start creating new patterns of effort in our marriages, okay? And if you are gonna be committing to doing this husband homework over the next week, I wanna know about it. So I want you to slide into my DMs on Instagram at cami.wilkie. You can find my handle down in the show notes and let me know that you are committing to doing your husband homework this week. There's five things that I went through in this episode, shutting work down, greeting him with a kiss, looking for opportunities to speak words of affirmation over him publicly and privately, touch him slash make time for sex. Number four, plan a regular date night. And number five, actively pray for him. And if you are committing to doing these five things over the next seven days, and prayerfully, you would do this for the rest of your life, but let's start with the next seven days. You are going to see a difference in your marriage. It may not be in the first week. It may not be in the, in the, in the first two weeks, but if you commit to doing these things among others, putting effort, into your man, you're going to see a difference and you're going to see that spark in your marriage. All right, friends, I love you. If you're doing this, if you're doing your husband homework, slide into my DMs. I want to know about it. I love you. I'll see you on Thursday. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Bibles, Babies, and Business podcast. If you learned something from today's episode or if it blessed you in any way, I would love to know. You can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review, and I may just read your review on the show. Thank you again for being here, and I pray that God would fill you with peace in your faith, your motherhood, and your business, because you were made for this.